West King Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Tony, and I have a special treat for you all. Today, I'm joined by not one, but two Matts. Matt Graham, our co-commish, and Matt Kendall from the OGV League. How's it going, guys? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing good. Um, you know, we're we're kicking ass in the Poland market, so I just I learned this phrase, Witami Wispregomie, which I believe means welcome to the show in Polish. So if you're listening overseas in Poland, Witami Wispregomie. That's really good. That is good. good, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm not an expert, but that sounds pretty good. <laughs> a couple of episodes ago, Kendall, you commented on Matt's inferior height. And I just wanted to clear something up. You know, there's a false narrative being spread by the left media. And that is that Matt Graham is 6'4". Would either of you care to speak to this? I don't think that we actually have to debate this. I came up with a tried and true proven test to determine Matt's actual height. Okay, let's hear it. He'll play along here. Do you swear on a stack of men's fitness magazines that you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth in these final questions? I do. All right. Do you have to custom order your pants online, or can you shop in a store? I have to custom order my pants online. All right. So you're like a 36 length then. No, I have to custom order my pants online because I have a ridiculously long torso, and my legs are extremely short. (laughs) (laughs) I'm 5'11 with like a 29 length in the pants. <laughs> All right. How often do white-haired ladies stop you and ask you to get something off of the top shelf? Uh, it used to be every day, five days a week, 40 hours a week when I worked from Home Depot. Uh, that has since decreased since I no longer work retail. But when I worked retail, probably more than you've ever heard in your entire life. That checks out. Due to the uh, due to the job hazards associated with that, I'm going to scratch that question. Uh, Bailiff, can you scratch that from the record? Uh, can you dunk a basketball? On a regulation hoop? Yes. Can you dunk a basketball on a regulation hoop? No, but I have a medical condition where I have really tiny hands and I can't palm <laughs> I can't palm the basketball. So, so you're telling me that it has nothing to do with your height. but the, So height has nothing to do with being able to dunk a basketball. It's all in the hands? Is that what we're saying? For me, it's in the hands and my athleticism. No, I can't dunk a basketball, but it's because of the tiny hands thing. All right. And and the final question is, uh, how often do old men stop you and say, how's the weather up there? You son of a bitch. You got me. I can't lie my way out of this one. Uh, they've never asked me. They've never asked me how the weather is up there. Definitely so. not 6'4". All right. Has anyone asked you that? Yeah, I grew up in rural Ohio. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. Uh, Matt, you used to have a faux hawk, the uh, Jimmy Neutron of hairstyles, if you will. Did this contribute to the extra exaggerated few inches? It did. It did. It did. Okay. All right. There you go. It's been settled. All right. Enough of that. Today, we're getting into more draft strategy. Typically, leagues will target the latter parts of August or early September for their drafts. So we're right on schedule here with this episode. What we're doing is picking different parts of a draft order and giving you the player we'll be targeting in each round. Uh, for this exercise, we split the draft up into thirds. So Matt took pick range one through four. Kendall has five through eight. And I'll be bringing up the rear with picks nine through 12. We'll also keep this draft manageable and limit it to 10 rounds with a roster construction of single quarterback, three wide receivers, two running backs, a tight end, a flex, and that's for receiver, running back, tight end, and then two bench spots. And then for ADP, we use FFC half PPR. So let's get into it. Matt, 
you're on the clock in the first round. Who are you targeting in the one through four range? So CMC, Chris McCaffrey, um, I'm going to throw that out the window because if you're not at 101, if you're at two, three, or four, I'm going Dalvin Cook. Going Dalvin Cook. Um, I've seen him go as low as three, have not seen him fall to four, but he's usually in the two to three range. Um, yep. ADP is like 2.3, I believe, when I checked. So I'm taking Dalvin Cook. Love the workload. The quarterback wide receiver combos are competent enough to keep linebackers on their toes and cornerbacks elsewhere. And they're going to feed him the rock. And he ate last year. He was a monster. And I don't see any reason for him to stop this year. If anything, the defense is going to get better. And I can see Kirk Cousins, Jefferson, and Thielen's numbers regressing, and Delvin Cook getting even more yards on the ground. So that checks out. And that's what they want to do. They want to control the clock, they want to run the ball, play good defense. So I like it. Uh, Matt, five through eight, what do you got? All right, so in this range, I'm still looking to get one of the elite running backs. To me, if I can get an Ezekiel Elliott or an Austin Eckler in this range, that's probably who I'm going with. Else, if I'm towards the eighth pick, I'm probably looking more towards Travis Kelsey getting that elite tight end difference. Okay. That's where I'm looking at in the five to eight range. All right. They're all available. You're on the clock. Which one are you taking? I would like to have the bedrock or the anchor running back of my team here. So I prefer Elliot and then Eckler in that order. Gotcha. Elliot. Uh, I'm glad you said that because round one pick for me in the nine through 12 range, it's Austin Eckler. So I want the running back here who can finish inside the top five since I'm missing out on those guys uh, at the front uh, end of the first round. So the CMCs, the Dalvin Cook, Zeke, uh, Derrick Henry even. So yeah, give me give me Austin Eckler. All right, and then I'm up again uh, looking in the first half of the second round, and I would want a good stack of a running back one and a wide receiver one, and I feel like this guy can finish as the overall wide receiver one. So my second round pick here would be Stephon Diggs. Uh, it was beyond tempting, obviously, when you look at the board to go running back, running back, and grab Jonathan Taylor or Najee Harris, but Diggs has a shot at, like I said, being the overall wide receiver one. So I'm completely fine with some of the depth later starting uh, running back wide receiver here. Yeah, that gives you a solid foundation to build your whole draft on when you have an elite locked-in player at every position. Yep. Uh, back to the middle. Kendall, what do you got? All right. So I really like the round two running backs this year. So I'm looking towards a Joe Mixon and Antonio Gibson, and those are magnified if I decided to take Travis Kelsey in the first round. If those guys aren't available for some reason, that means that the running backs were just absolutely hammered in the first round. So then I would look to pivot towards a top five wide receiver. Mm -hmm. And I would probably grab whoever is available as I perceive the best. Sometimes in this case, if all the running backs were gone, like the Joe Mixons and Antonio Gibsons, that means that a DeAndre Hopkins or a Diggs is falling your way yeah. in this portion of the draft. Uh, back end of round two, Matt, what do you got? I've done a lot of mocks at this spot in this range. And looking at ADP, this guy keeps going in this range. And for me, it's J.K. Dobbins. I'm looking at some of the wide receivers. I like the wide receivers that are coming back at the beginning of the third just as much as I like the ones that are going at the end of the second. However, that running back drop-off for me is huge. And after that, it's even it's even more of a humongous-sized cliff at the end of the third, beginning of the fourth. So um, I'm going J.K. Dobbins at the end of the second round. Yeah, starting running back, running back, uh, you're pretty solid there. And I think Cook should give you the floor every week and that consistent base um, floor of points. So you're you're never like completely out of it. And then Dobbins is going to get enough workload and he's going to be able to take shots and he can have big plays. He's kind of guy that can break 90 yard runs for touchdowns. Oh yeah, um, really gives you a high ceiling from that standpoint. Yeah, I think both of those guys have high floors, and I think Cook. I mean, he's getting drafted in the in the two three range for a reason. He's a guy who could give you 30, 40 points in any given week. So may miss a couple games, but that's just kind of an occupational hazard. 
And then you're on the turn again, Matt. So who do you got in the third round? So AJ Brown has been dropping into that range at beginning of the third round, when, uh, especially according to FCC, half PPR uh, average draft position. And I love AJ Brown. I love his outlook this year. He's been building and growing into this alpha wide receiver. He gets Julio Jones, takes some coverage away. Obviously, Henry's still there, and Tannehill is a stud quarterback. So, yeah, give me this guy as my wide receiver one after snagging two RBs early. So you like A.J. Brown over Justin Jefferson in that territory? I do. I, I, I see Justin Jefferson, sophomore slump. Again, I see that defense progressing and that offense running more, passing less. Yep. Yeah, he was crazy efficient last year. I see that coming back down. Okay. Uh, middle round. All right, so depending on what I took in the first round, so if I took a Kelsey, this isn't what I'm doing. But if I didn't take Kelsey, this is when I'm going to start eyeballing Darren Waller. He falls to this range pretty frequently. I'm really not that high on Kittle this year, so if it's not Darren Waller, I'm probably not going. For the most part, like Matt said, I'm probably ignoring the running backs of the third round. Uh, So if I don't need a tight end or Darren Waller's gone, this is the range I'm looking for. Terry McLaurin, Amari Cooper, Allen Robinson, try to get a locked and loaded wide receiver one. Okay, I like that. Uh, For me, at the end of round three, I would probably go Allen Robinson in this range. Uh, I liked what I saw from Justin Field in his debut week one preseason. I understand Matt Nagy wants to ease Justin Fields into the starting role there in Chicago. So that means a few weeks with Andy Dalton. I don't see an issue with that as Robinson has played with far worse quarterbacks and he's still put up wide receiver one numbers. Honestly, this was the safer pick for me. CeeDee Lamb's there. You mentioned Terry McLaurin could be there. Uh, I think they have a little bit of risk associated with them. It's not a sure thing as I perceive Allen Robinson to be, but I'm high on those guys as well. I just like Diggs Robinson. Uh, feels like two wide receiver ones, perennial wide receiver ones. So it just feels safer for me. And then on the turn, round four, so the front end of that round, wasn't a huge fan of the options, but I went Mike Evans. Uh, I didn't like the range, like I said. Julio, we know he's past his prime. Uh, I'm not going to go with a quarterback in Josh Allen if I'm sticking to my ADP here. And then Miles Gaskin doesn't appeal to me with a full-blown committee in Miami. Um, I'm well aware of Malcolm Brown and what he does to backfields. Saw it uh, in LA the last couple years. So with Mike Evans, there might be some inconsistencies, but you know he's going to be my wide receiver three, and he's a perennial wide receiver one. All right, middle rounds. Uh, so so don't feel desperate here. Uh, the JJ Zacharyson, he's a writer for FanDuel. He shared a stat that the middle rounds of RBs have a terrible hit rate. Overlaid with the hit rates of wide receivers, they have an extremely high hit rate in these rounds. So. The inverse of that happens later in the round. So after round seven and above, the wide receivers have a really low hit rate and running backs have a higher hit rate. I say all that to say, don't even click on the running back tab in this round. (laughs) Grab another stud wide receiver. Cooper Cup, Godwin, and Tyler Lockett are all acceptable players here to draft. Yep, I like that. All right, back end of round four, Matt, and you got the next pick in round five as well. Who are you going with? First off, end of the fourth round, my guy. Robert Woods. He goes in the fourth round. He was the 12th wide receiver last year with a quarterback. How many touchdowns did Jerry Goff throw last year? Uh, I think in the low 20s. Robert Woods, my guy. He gets an upgraded quarterback. We've talked about it a million times on the show, but the end of the day is he's always been consistent in his catches and his yards. Two years ago, there was a dip in touchdowns. That regressed last year. He had more. He was a top 12 option and top 12 wide receiver. And it's, I, I could see him legitimately being a top five option this year, um, given the, yeah. the upgraded quarterback. So give me Robert Woods. And then coming back around at the beginning of the fifth round, I'm seeing Godwin ADP and half PPRs fall down to the beginning of the fifth round. That is 
He might not make it to you when some drafts are in because Godwin is obviously having Tom Brady throw him the rock. There are some other options there. It's tough. But if Godwin does follow you at the beginning of the fifth round, you slop that up. You get all over it. So give me Chris Godwin. You didn't like Michael Thomas or Adam Thielen there? I do not. Uh, Thomas has – well, we all know what's going on with Thomas. So there's yeah. injuries. There's I want to be traded. Uh, and, and Marquez Callaway's there, right? Your first-round draft pick. So, um, <laughs> uh, And then Thielen <sighs> – Dylan was so efficient last year. I just don't see it happening. Um, Touchdown regression. It's a thing. Yeah. And then another player who was available in your territory, your range for ADP was Lamar Jackson. Is that too early for you to go quarterback? Yeah, way too early um, for me to go quarterback with guys like Hurst, Tannehill. We'll get into some of those later. It's just, I see it with him. Obviously he's a top tier option. That running floor just gives you an advantage every single week, but I just, I can't pull the trigger when there's that many good wide receivers still on the board filling out three spots and flexes. So I agree with you there. Late round quarterback all the way. Uh, it was 20 touchdowns for Jared Goff last season. Okay. See, even better, even more reasons to say shit. Robert Woods was a top 12 wide receiver with yeah. Cooper cup on the other side of the ball. Uh, Tyler Higney in town and Goff only threw 20 touchdowns. Possible positive touchdown regression inbound for Robert Woods. Correct. Again. All right. Middle round picks for round five, Matt. What do you got? All right, so if I didn't grab one of the top three tight ends, this is where I'm really looking at Mark Andrews or TJ Hawkinson, especially this is round five. If you could walk away with two running backs in the first two rounds and then two wide receivers in round three and four, this is where I'm hammering Hawkinson and Andrews. Yeah, for me at the end of round five here, if you didn't take uh, TJ Hawkinson, I would definitely take him off the board. For me, that's that's value. I perceive Andrews as value there as well. They're not going to be putting up Kelsey or Darren Waller type numbers, but those guys are the next tier. So upside pick for me. And we've talked many times about Hawkinson having that shot at being the next breakout tight end. There's no clear wide receiver one in the Lions, and that team figures to be bad. We all agree they're going to be bad next season, right? 2021. So Again, they're going to be playing from behind often, so a ton of opportunity uh, for TJ to excel and kind of build upon what he's been doing. I agree. It's happening. I need him for my dynasty team. (laughs) Matt's a little biased there. Coming back around in round six, so first few picks of ADP. I have one running back. I have Austin Eckler that I would have picked uh, in this draft, so it's about time for me to get another running back here, so I'd go Damian Harris. Difficult to come by players who are going to have you know a, a running back one type workload. I believe Damian Harris is that running back may not score as many touchdowns as you like, especially if Cam Newton's in there. But I mean, you're looking for opportunity and to find that in a running back in round six, I think is a plus. So I'll take it. So middle part of round six. All right. Personally, if you wanted to start, I in a quarterback here, I wouldn't mock you for it at this round. This is round six, but I would probably still wait unless someone big dropped. When I say big, I'm talking the Lamars. I'm talking the Kyler Murray's. Uh, but the, realistically, they're probably not here. The quarterbacks you're going to see this round are Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson tier. But uh, if you draft with a bunch of idiots and they all overvalued a uh, quarterback, the one thing that I want to say right now is uh, stay away from Jamar Chase this round. Do not draft him. Yep. He is a rookie. He is not going to get enough in a Bengals-led offense to support this round six value. So here at ADP, I would like to grab DJ Moore or Brandon Ayuk. I second staying away from Jamar Chase. I mean, you mentioned a couple of those guys going in this territory, but Brandon Ayuk is in this territory. T. Higgins is in this territory. Chase Claypool. I'd take all three of those guys over Jamar Chase in a heartbeat. All right, back end of round six. So I've seen Russ fall here, and I really like Russ. I'm bullish on him this year. I think I have him ranked as my fourth or fifth best quarterback this year, but I'm still waiting because there's still some quarterbacks I'm seeing going three three rounds later that I'm all about. So I'm holding off there, and I'm going with 
a running back who's not getting a lot of love. No one is loving this guy. Everyone's loving the incoming rookie. I think Melvin Gordon is still going to have a solid season. And as my RB3, I think that you can't go wrong. He was good last year. He was good in San Diego. Uh, sure, drinking and driving was a problem, but it's past. It's, it's, it's bygones or bygones. Um, everyone's on Javon Williams as jock. Uh, look, he's talented running back. I just don't think he's going to come in and just take over all of Melvin Gordon's workload. So especially in that mile high city where running is tough. Yeah, I, I agree. You see it year after year. These rookie running backs get off to a slow start when they have an incumbent running back that already, I mean, he had like 4.6 yards per carry last year. He wasn't, he wasn't a slouch. I think this is where Tony and I disagreed in the, uh, we did in the ADP game that we played in the seven part series that we did. Cause I'm on the Melvin Gordon side as well. We did disagree and I'll never forgive you for it. <laughs> All right. Coming back around beginning around seven, I'm going back to back Broncos. I'm grabbing Noah Fant. Uh, so tight ends dry up super fast. You're taking dart throws. I like his athleticism. I like his talent. I think eventually Bridgewater will be in there and Bridgewater is not pushed the net ball downfield. He hits a lot of middling targets. So I think Noah Fant could be the recipient of a lot of that love. I think he'll end up being a top 10 option for me and I think he'll be consistent. I don't think there'll be injury concerns. So give me Noah Fant in the beginning of the seventh. Even if it's Drew Locke, I mean, Noah Fant was his relief in the middle of the field like that was my favorite prop bet each week is Noah Fant for over three and a half catches I mean he's just locked in for that that target share Uh, but for round seven I've advised you guys uh, to not even click on the running back tab for the last three rounds that's where it changes I like a lot of the running backs in this range I think Zach Moss has an edge over Devin Singletary as the goal line back Michael Carter is going to lead the Jets backfield and carries and Trey Sermon is part of a Kyle Shanahan backfield and should be immediately productive hand to the fire. Maybe it's a homer pick, but I'm taking Trey Sermon. Oh, you son of a bitch. That was 100% going to be my running back. I like the pick Trey Sermon. So hot right now here at the end of the seventh round. If you're going to steal Trey Sermon from me, if you're going to do me like that. I'll go ahead and snatch Michael Carter. I would have loved to have Trey Sermon because you mentioned Kyle Shanahan offense. I think that's a team that is in a win now mode. So they're going to be competitive and that's going to favor their run game. They're going to want to run the ball. just like we talked about with the Vikings. Control the clock, play good defense, run the ball, keep it on the ground. But if I got to go with someone else here, I'll take Michael Carter. This is half PPR. I think he's a guy who catch some passes. Robert Sala coming from San Francisco system with Kyle Shanahan. I think he's going to want to instill some of that in what the New York Jets do. I'm completely fine with Michael Carter. I'll just have to change some of the notes I wrote down here. So thanks a lot, Matt. Uh, Coming back around in the eighth round, uh, you don't have a chance to steal this one from me. So I was a bit limited as far as who I could take at quarterback due to the way we had talked about executing this beforehand. So I went Matthew Stafford. It was Stafford in round eight or Burrow in round nine. I liked who I could get in round nine at receivers. So I pulled the trigger on Stafford. I believe he's a competent quarterback beyond competent. And he's going to be in McVay's offense with Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, Tyler Higby. So I, I felt like that was an easy choice between those two quarterbacks for me. Yeah, Stafford and McVay spent one beautiful night together in Cabo San Lucas. <laughs> and it was he was traded very shortly after. So to the moon! Wined and dined. I love it. All right, middle part of round eight. Who you got? So we didn't discuss this at the beginning, but we are drafting a three-wide receiver league. Yep. Uh, two running backs, one tight end, half-point PPR. So with all that said, I like grabbing another wide receiver here, Robbie Anderson or Jerry Judy. An honorable mention is Antonio Brown. I know people are down on him. He was a very productive while learning a new system coming in halfway through the year. He had 19.6% of the target share 
from Tom Brady. And I think he's just going to be a contributor this year. You want to buy pieces of this offense. However, this is round eight and I haven't addressed the quarterback landscape. Ryan Tanhill, those are people who are going around here, but I'm probably going for uh, another wide receiver here. Okay, I like it. Honestly, this is exactly what's going to happen in your guys' drafts. It's true. People are, people are going to completely wreck your plans, and that's exactly what Kendall's done to both of <laughs> to both me and Matt. All right, back end of round eight. So this is a great, great exercise. I probably would have taken Tannehill. I was hoping to get him at the end of the eighth, beginning of the ninth, but of course he goes. So here we are. We're at the end of the eighth round, and Jalen Hurts is still on the board, following this range. And oh, I like Tanhill better. Um, Hurts is a nice compromise for me. That's an Eagles pick, sure. Um, I'm down on the team as a whole this year, but I think that he's just going to be rushing the ball so damn much, and he's going to have to for them to have any chance to win football games because I just don't see him pass. Devontae Smith is hurt, unfortunately. Rager made an amazing catch today in practice, but outside of that, he's been terrible. Uh, Fulgham, nothing. The tight ends are just the tight ends. And yeah, it's, it looks like it's going to be Hurts running around like a chicken with his head cut off. So, but that should equal yards and it should equal points in fantasy. So I'll yeah. take that here at the end of the eighth round. That's great for fantasy. Great it for is. fantasy. All right, beginning part of round nine. I'm taking Mr. Yak himself, Debo Samuel. So Ayuk's going higher in ADP. I think Debo's going to have a better year. Uh, Debo's dealt with injury. He's dealt with some quarterback inconsistencies. If Debo can stay healthy, I think his ability to create after the catch, because I, I do think that suits Garoppolo better, and I do think Garoppolo's going to be starting the beginning half of the games. Um, and, I, and I see him catching a lot of five-yard slants and taking it to the house. So give me Mr. Yak, Debo Samuel. Middle part of round nine. All right, so this is the part of the draft where I start throwing darts. I'm looking for high upside people here. If you didn't get a quarterback last round, pick the best available now. People start picking up their bye week guys around this time. So in your home leagues, the QB2s might start flowing off the board quickly because they're like, oh, I need to fill in my bye week. I don't necessarily prescribe to that. Uh, I would start looking to get LaVisca Chanel or Michael Pittman. If I felt shaky at running back, I would start looking towards the Jamal Williams, the RB2s. They don't have a solidified role. However, they do have a role in their offense. DeAndre Swift isn't going to get all of the work. And if DeAndre Swift went down, Jamal Williams is a high upside guy. So in this round, if I felt shaky at running back, I'm looking towards Jamal Williams. You just named both of my next players. So if you're taking Jamal Williams here, we're still in round nine with a back end. Looking at ADP, what's available to me is likely going to be LaVishka Chenault. You didn't take him, so I'm going to. Uh, I did like what I saw in Jacksonville's first preseason game. Marvin Jones was obviously getting uh, the the majority of the work there, but LaVisca was targeted in the short and intermediate uh, ranges. So I thought Lawrence looked pretty good as well. He looked pretty comfortable in his first uh, NFL action. So I feel fine with this pick. He's my wide receiver four, I believe, as well. So if he hits, that's fantastic. If he doesn't, this is round nine. Not a receiver that I would be relying on, so I'm completely comfortable with that pick. And then moving on to round 10, it was going to be Jamal Williams. Sorry. No, you're good. You reached back into my ADP. You reached Tannehill from my next round ADP too. I know. So here we are. Yeah, so what I like to do in these later rounds is I absolutely love to look down my ADP yeah. boards, and I think I talk about this in the next round. But Oh, you've been doing just that in these last two rounds, and it's smart because you're honestly pulling players that I would rather have from the ninth round when we're drafting the eighth, or in the eighth round when we're drafting the seventh. So I mean, it's finding value, finding guys you like. 
finding guys that fit your roster construct. So I like it. I like that you stole my player too, because I was actually looking at Michael Pittman and I do like him in Indy with Carson Wentz. He's going to need a guy to throw to. I believe Michael Pittman, 6'4", 225 pounds. So he fits the bill as that big body wide receiver that Carson Wentz doesn't have to be accurate with. He can just throw it up. He's from USC. Like he went to USC and as a UCLA fan, I, I do have issues with that, but I can get past it. All right. Middle part of round 10. Who are you stealing from Matt this time, Kendall? So chasing upside, I'm targeting Marquise Brown, Henry Ruggs, or Mike Williams. This is the part of the draft when I like to look further down the ADP list and swing for the fences. So set up a baseline in the first six rounds and then shoot for the moon Dogecoin style in these last few rounds. So Hollywood Brown, uh, I want to quit him. and I'm, I'm going to this year. I, I, I'm not going to have many of my teams, but it's just uh, so much to love there. But so if you didn't pick Mike Williams and Mike Williams had fallen to me, uh, at the end of the 10th. I'm jumping on Mike Williams. The talent's there. The pedigree's there. Big-bodied receiver who can go up and get the ball. And the guy who's throwing it to him, Justin Herbert, is looking like an early, just a gunslinger at the beginning of his career. Like He's got that Brett Favre vibe out there when he's chucking the ball downfield, but he's bigger. So I'm all on Mike Williams. I will give a shout-out, honorable mention here at the end of the 10th round, depending on if you're short at running back. I'm not because I've already gotten – Dalvin Cook, J.K. Dobbins, and Melvin Gordon. But if I was short at running back, I would look at Latavius Murray here. I just think that they're going to run the ball a lot. And Latavius Murray has shown when uh, Drew Brees was not in there, when it was Taysom Hill, he would got his own play. And then if Kamara was down, he was a top 15 option almost every week he was on, on the field. So I think you, you can't go wrong taking him here in the 10th if you're short at RB. From yeah, I like that. And let's go ahead and summarize what we have or maybe some of the positions that we talked about. I know Kendall, you kind of did this a little different than we did. You talked about a more broad strategy, Matt, what do you have for players? So if, if things went my way, minus the things that were stolen from me, which you got to adjust on the fly. So yeah. good job, Kendall preparing us for real drafts. I would have ended up with Dalvin cook, JK Dobbins, AJ Brown, Robert Woods, Chris Godwin, Melvin Gordon, Noah fan, Debo Samuel, Jalen Hurts and Latavius Murray. Not bad. What do you think of that, Kendall? Does that sound enticing? It does sound like a solid overall draft. Is he drinking a four loco there? I think he is. No, this is called Modern Times Giga Zapper West Coast Double IPA. Okay, gotcha. He's an IPA guy. Gross. But yeah, so I'll just summarize what my team could potentially look like. As you said, I didn't read the instructions before I jumped on your world-renowned podcast, and that's on me. But my team would look something like Ezekiel Elliott in the first, Antonio Gibson in the second, Terry McLaurin in the third. I would grab a stud-wide receiver such as Cooper Cup, and then I would grab my tight end as Hawkinson, and then I would get DJ Moore, Trey Sermon, Ryan Tannehill as my starting quarterback, Jamal Williams, and uh, Marquise Brown. Lots of high-ceiling players there. Players you picked in the middle rounds who could finish at the top of their position. So I like that roster a lot. And you know we're number 24 in Poland now, so I, I won't have you talking bad about our show. We're kind of a big deal, all right? For my roster, quarterback, I'd be starting Matthew Stafford. At running back, I'd have Austin Eckler and Damian Harris. Receiver, I have Stephon Diggs, Allen Robinson, and Mike Evans. I would grab Mark Andrews since you stole TJ Hawkinson from me. And then I'd be flexing either LaVisca Chenault or Michael Carter one of those guys on the bench, and then also Michael Pittman on the bench. So I felt pretty good about it. It's definitely a good exercise. Thank you, actually, for throwing the curveball because you have to make some tough decisions when you're in a draft, when your players were sniped from you, you know, moments before you're on the clock. So I, I thought this went really well. Yeah, luckily we don't have a draft this Friday where I pick 11 and you pick 12. 
there's going to be a lot of that happening. Absolutely. All right. Nice work, gentlemen. Uh, closing thoughts, any shout outs to our friends listening over in Poland? Hit us up on Instagram at Lumberjack Graham. Send me some DMs. Slide in there. Let's uh, let's start a conversation, um, to quote Garth Brooks's Instagram account. So ugh, just heebie-jeebies. But um, yeah, talk to us. We'd love to reach out to us. Maybe we can even get you on an episode here or there. We're all about branching out. Why not? I'll do it. I'll host it. Tony's um, he's uh, three-quarters German, so don't hold that against him. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I don't know if my internet could handle the international zoom session but that's I, good. I would, we just do a phone call i'd love to talk to you guys get you on thank you for listening thanks for having me on i think that these are valuable exercises to do as you enter your drafts know who the players are that you want and as i showed don't be afraid to reach ahead of adp a, a round or two if there's someone you truly believe in you probably heard my co-commish matt and myself scrambling a little bit uh, as Kendall kind of snuck in and stole some picks from us, but we were prepared. Uh, we were able to pick guys that we also liked kind of in that territory who we felt would be available and would kind of fit how we were building our roster. So we're on to comeback player of the year in our next episode. So please keep an eye out for that for Matt, for Matt and for everyone here grinding at the 58 West King studios. Thanks for listening. And we'll catch you guys in the next one. How tall are you, Mr. Kendall? I'm 6'3". 6'3". Yeah. So you're listed at 6'3", or you are 6'3"? I am 6'3". My Air Force PT test says I'm 75 inches every year. Okay. I don't have an extra two inches of hair like you. You're a true 6'3". You're like yeah. an honest. You're about as honest as it gets at 6'3". Yeah. All right. Fair enough. You're taller than me. Congratulations. You tall, handsome bastard, you. Oh, thank you. I look like a compressed version of you, so it's just shorter and fatter. Like someone took an image of you, slapped some hair on the top, and then just shrink to fit. Yeah. Um, as you can see, I'm at uh, you know, I don't know if I'm a fantasy expert or it's just because I'm staying at a Holiday Inn Express, but we're gonna find out. <laughs> <laughs> the acoustics are great in your hotel room. I just want to throw that out there. I, I really like it. I had to turn the air conditioner off because it is the loudest air conditioner of all time, like right next yeah. to the desk. So if I start sweating, it's not because of how attractive you two gentlemen are. It's because the AC's turned way, way 